Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today as we celebrate Veterans Day coming tomorrow. Happy Veterans Day. Those of you who are listening who serve in any branch of the armed forces, we honor you and your families this weekend. We're so, so grateful. And with that in mind, we have a really interesting and great Veterans Day conversation for you here. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know we all face situations when our prayers sound a little like, hey, God, could you just give me a bulleted list of instructions to follow to fix this one? And that's just not the way it typically works, is it? It's normal to feel stuck in times like that. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change or new relationship or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to that list of instructions we'd love to have sometimes. My therapist has walked me through a variety of challenging seasons and has been an invaluable guide toward healthier ways of walking through tough times. I want that for you too. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. We love a quiz. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. And if you didn't catch that whole URL, that is okay. We have got you all the links to our sponsors, the transcript of the show, and even the place you can sign up to get an email from me every Friday, the AFD Week in Review. Those are all in the show notes below. Today on the show, I get to talk with my new friends, Evan and Dr. Jenny Owens. They are the founders of Reboot Recovery, the largest faith-based trauma healing organization in the world. Evan and Jenny have helped thousands of people around the world overcome the worst days of their lives. Now they share practical steps to resilience and healing with churches and conferences and workshops around the world. They are authors of Healing What's Hidden, a practical guide to overcoming trauma. And Evan is out on tour right now with our guy, Brandon Lake, doing something I think is so cool. We're going to talk about it. But their work with veterans is remarkable, which is what made them the perfect guest for this Veterans Day episode. So here is my conversation with Dr. Jenny Owens and Evan Owens. Dr. Jenny Owens. I call her that around the house. Do you? <laughs> I don't. I don't put it out there. Only at key moments, though. No, you, know? you should. Yeah. What is your doctorate in? It's a clinical doctor in occupational therapy. Okay. So it's so. kind of along the lines of like optometrist or physical therapist who goes for their, this is the highest level of clinical degree. You can yeah. Get. So not a PhD, not an MD, but it is a certain type of clinical sort of research driven. In therapy. Yes. In occupational therapy. Okay. Occupational therapy, meaning things that happen at work. No. 
<laughs> Thank That's you. a whole different field. Okay. It's, it's a it's a profession. I'm just gonna that, step out and let her answer this. No, question no, no, no. This is great. Bit. We work in all sorts of practice areas with all kinds of people, who, helping them with the skills for the job of living, and whether that's because you have an illness or a disability, or you're coming out of prison. We equip people with life skills yeah. to function well and to do the things that are meaningful to them. Right. But her job specifically is like she what she did was like the return to duty was what she did. So it was like when people would get injured, they would come back to her clinic and she would work with them and test them to see if they were ready to go back to combat yeah, with these we, crazy like we did Humvee rollers neurological and rehabilitation and shooting at you and all this crazy. Oh, yeah. Had a really stuff. awesome job. Did yeah. y'all live in D.C.? It was no. at Fort Campbell in Kentucky. Campbell. Oh, with okay. active duty soldiers, yeah. which is why we live up in Clarksville. What? Now I understand. That's the connection, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and then Nashville prices out of moving back. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like in Fair. real time. It yes. was like we bought too late. Yeah. yeah. I worked at a brain injury clinic. So we were interdisciplinary. We had OT, PT, speech therapy, behavioral health, MDs. And we were all just surrounding these men and women who were trying to come back from brain injury to go back to combat. Okay. It, a lot of what reboot does is not only veterans but also first responders yes so were you dealing with first responders at the time too it was just vets just military just military but once we started reboot after a few years we recognized that first responders were coming to our combat recovery courses that we had built because they were searching for healing for trauma and that was almost like a closest audience that was similar to theirs yes because a lot especially with mass shootings and things that our first responders deal with it's like they're on a deployment but it's in their own backyard wow. friends and neighbors and yeah. loved ones and that's actually what happened down at that's when it started was the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando <laughs> we had a military group like i don't know 3 blocks away that went down there and they were like hey can we help and so all these police officers and EMS and EMT started showing up and we were like and so we had a chance to say, like, let's let's build something just for them. Yeah, yeah so that, I mean, when I was reading your book and just reading about Reboot, I thought, is there more similar about military families and military servicemen and women and first responders than I ever realized? Yeah. There is. I think it's also because you're married to the job. Think about it. Uniform becomes that identity. Uh, so you do it for X number of years. There's very much sort of these handcuffs that sort of say, like, if you just do this many years, then you get retirement. So there's it's kind of a different culture than maybe corporate world where, um, you know, you're sort of a free agent where you go where you're most valued versus, yeah. like, I'm in a long-term contract, basically, yeah. with my job. And, and when I take off the uniform, it's like, what now? It's like taking off Superman's you know? cape. Yeah. Not yeah. a hero yeah. anymore. I think the impact on the families, too, because uh, yeah. they – they will never be able to fully understand what their loved one endures. And so there becomes sometimes a, a gap where the emotional centers of that veteran or first responder sort of shut down because they don't want to traumatize their family, but they have these experiences that just sort of distance them from yeah. their families and yeah. from even just friends and loved ones in the community. So it's similar for sure. And the spouses mm. need that support too. They aren't always connected with other spouses who understand, but it's yeah. very unique what they walk yeah. through. What is the overlap? Because I think of like with Air Force, the overlap from Air Force to flying my Delta flights I'm on is very high, right? Like it's mm. kind of like a feeder system. Yeah. Is there overlap between military and first responders? Oh, yeah. A very high percentage of first responders are Especially veterans. law enforcement. Yes. Especially law oh, enforcement. So like that's really? probably the most common. I would say like when we go out, you know, and speak and stuff like that, like tons of police officers line up and all of them, we have this banner that has our three programs, our military trauma course, our first responder one, and then our general public one. And like, they always say like, well, I've got numbers one and two oh, is wow. what they always say when wow. they point at the backdrop. So yeah, it's the most familiar for them. If, if you think about it, if all you've ever known is this kind of really regimented sort of hierarchical and very intense, like focused work getting out in the civilian world where you're your own boss or you have to just, you know, create a plan and figure out how to get from point A to point B. That's that's hard, I think, for them. Yes. So first responders, very structured. You got rank. You know, like Evan said, how long you're signing up for. And this retirement's at the end of it. I think it appeals. Wow. Yeah. How, how'd y'all get into this? Neither of you are first responders or veterans, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Correct. So why, why was this the yes for your life? Yeah, we didn't just wake up one day. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to quit my job and let's just move <laughs> right. to the middle of nowhere. No. Right. Okay. Well, it's a long story, so I'll try to make it short. But um, I was working in the civilian sector as an occupational therapist working with brain injury at Vanderbilt. Okay. So we're treating people who had strokes, spinal cord injuries, that kind of stuff. They started a program where they were receiving Fort Campbell soldiers because they had traumatic brain injuries and this, the military hospital wasn't equipped to do rehab for them. This was an early uh, 2007 time okay. frame. And 
my caseload quickly shifted from 75-year-old people to these young 18 to 25-year-old, mostly male, who looked fine on the outside, but who were struggling with very basic things, memory, uh, sleep problems, uh, you know, hair trigger, anger, identity, like, what am I going to do if I get kicked out of the military because I can't perform my job? And so I just fell in love with that population, with their heroism, their courage. I was shocked by the fact that they wanted to go back to duty. They didn't want to get out. Like, they wanted to fulfill their mission, and they wanted to live up to what their brothers and sisters were expecting of them downrange because they wanted to get back to them. And so that put us on a journey where eventually I took a job at Fort Campbell when they started their own brain injury clinic. I was like, I don't want anybody else to have that job. I've got yeah. this. I had a couple years of experience of working with them. And so I as I built, helped build a program, the return to duty program there, and worked exclusively just with combat veterans and recognized, though, very quickly because of every single conversation, that trauma catalyzes a conversation about God. Mm. How does a good God let bad things happen to good people? Why did I survive and my buddy die? How do I live with the the burden of feeling like I have to live two lives? Um, Those things just were so on the surface, feeling guilty about being in a lose-lose situation. I I didn't know if I should have pulled the trigger or not. I feel Mm. God can never forgive me for what I've done. So that was just like... Every day I come home with these stories, I felt my spirit begin to be arrested by like, I'm giving them tools in the medical sense, but there is this other aspect of their woundedness that's invisible. It's not a physical wound. It's not a mental wound. It's a soul wound. Yeah. How do we help heal the soul wound? Well, I know the soul healer. Evan knows the soul healer. And we just ask the Lord, like, show us what we can do to help these people. We, we began to think of ourselves as bridge people. We wanted to lay down our lives to help someone get to this place of hopelessness and despair because it was real. Suicides were happening in the parking lot of where I worked <gasps> Yeah, no. at that time frame. Oh, yes. In their car, they had a bad appointment with the doctor, Ugh. got a diagnosis that they thought they could never come back from, uh-huh. taking their lives. Oh, so the gosh. despair was very heavy. And uh, we said we can lay down our lives and help bring people to a place of joy and purpose. And we believe that you can live a life of joy and purpose. You can have an abundant life despite having trauma, despite having mm-hmm. brain injury. We believe that because we know that God is our God is of a God of new and now creation we've seen it. and healing. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> that was the origin of it. Um, lots of stories related to that that we could share, but we just felt it was a calling. It was like a missionary calling because yeah. we are not military. Yes. And, and we didn't have really any right to speak into this except we felt like God has equipped all of us to show up yeah. with love and grace and with this ideal that, like, we're only here because we want to be here. Yeah. They're not paying us to be here. This is outside of my work. I just want to make sure that you know that your life matters and that God can bring you out of this darkness. Did y'all get married in college at Belmont? After. Right after school. Right after. So, 16 years ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank well you. Um, so, Evan, why was this a yes for you? I mean, because you could have moved up to up to Fort Campbell area and like taught school or whatever you were, what, what did job. you study? Yeah. So I was actually the CEO of a technology company in Nashville. Very and like, similar. We had great, <laughs> we had great income. Yeah. And so I just thought to myself, like, I hate stability. I hate income. I'll just quit everything and we'll just become missionaries <laughs> in the military. Why not? Um, yeah. No, I think that honestly there was this sense and this is going to sound terrible, but I know some of us have these mundane jobs where like it meant a lot to me and I was really passionate, but I also got really, I was having a difficult time hearing the stories I was hearing and getting all worked up about some healthcare company's website launching a day late. (laughs) Like I was like, this is not life and death. Like chill out. It's a website. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's Mm -hmm. freaking out. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, I'm hearing these stories and I'm like, I want to do that. Like her job sounded way cooler. Like if I could, I'd go back to school and get her degree, you know? And so, um, yeah, and so really it started with just inviting people into our living room and saying like, hey, we're going to have conversations about where faith and trauma collide and everything I could get my hands on. And during that period of my life too, I was going through kind of a personal crisis and was really struggling with you know, feeling like Icarus, feeling like I had flown uh-huh. really high on these borrowed wings and now things in my company weren't going well and I was having to lay people off and financial uh-huh. decline. And so all this was happening. And so I was kind of dealing with my own trauma anyway. So I was reading everything I could get my hands on and then I would like like baby bird it. It was like I would chew it up and then just kind of like spit it back out into yeah. other people's ears. Yeah. And um and But it they, was crazy it was because cool. it was really fun. There they didn't have a lot of reasons to listen to us. But Evan has just this great ability of communicating. He's very he has he uses self deprecating humor. He a lot of material there to pull from. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. They just showed up. We had free food. Yeah. And we said, we're going to take care of your children so you yeah. can just come and lay it all at the door. And like they just showed up. And it, yeah. it grew and grew and grew to where we were like, I think we need to do this full time. Yeah. yeah. Four years later, we finally yeah. quit our jobs. Yep. Wow. Yep. And so this is full time now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been since 2016. So we did it for f- almost five years. We would lead groups every single night. So we'd work all day. And oh, my God. Not every single Every week. Well, but I was leading three nights you a did, week. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Oh, my gosh. And so it was just this, you know, people always say, like, how did you come up with the material? Like, if you weren't a veteran, it's like, well, if you sit with a group of people four to five nights a week every night for five years, yeah. you pretty much learn it. Yeah, you know. That's right. And so I always say it was less about writing. It was more about um, – and even with the book, I would say, like, it's less me writing my own thoughts. It's more sort of cataloging, organizing, and – Distilling. Distilling down what other people have found most yeah, helpful yeah. and putting it in a, in a way that's maybe a little packaged for people to absorb. I think that's really what we've done. Mm-hmm. Does everybody have trauma? That's I would a say good yeah. question. Yeah. We we wrote in the book, this came to me one day in the bathroom, always in the, in the shower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what is trauma? And I, I, I said, trauma is our own personal intersection with the brokenness of the world. Yeah. We're all going to experience it someday. It's that moment when the rug gets pulled out from under you, when what you mm. thought or expected of this life <laughs> proves to be wrong yeah. or unstable because it's a fallen world. Right. And Evan always says, like, we, God wrote eternity in our hearts. Like, there's a part of us that knows and that cries out that this isn't the way it was supposed to be. Yes. And when we have those experiences, it leaves a wound. It, it, we were trying to think, like, where did the first trauma happen? We went back to the garden in Genesis 3. Like, yes. when sin entered the world and, and the consequences that followed, that's traumatic yes. for Adam and Eve yes. and for all of humanity. So I'm not it's trying to trivialize. It's traumatic every time I end up naked. I don't want to oversimplify. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to oversimplify trauma. And there are certainly a spectrum. But I do believe that everybody is going to encounter it at one point, yeah. if you haven't already. Yeah. One of the things y'all say in the book that I thought was really important was— um, when you talk about fighting for your younger self mm. and how th- you you tell in the book about you got an award and they said y'all give people second chances. But a yeah. lot of times, w- I just would love for you to talk about a lot of times how when children experience trauma, we aren't giving them a second chance because they actually right. never had a first chance. Yeah, that's right. I think that. For first off, when people talk about trauma, usually they're thinking the bad things happening to them, right? Here's all the bad things that are happening. But a lot of times the truth about trauma is it's also the good things not happening. It's not um, experiencing how to forgive. It's not being taught how to love graciously for love self and others. It's, unconditionally. Right. And so we, we have a generation of people that have been neglected or abandoned growing up, right, yeah. by one or both of their parents. And so um, – when we talk about trauma, I think it's important that we frame it that way. But yeah, we, we got this thing and they were like, Reboot's giving people a second chance. And the data actually shows that really these people never had a fair first chance. And most of us, right? So, I mean, if you experience trauma before the age of 18, you're 15 times more likely to die by suicide. You're wow. like 11 more times to have severe career issues and transition issues. You're, Addiction you know, issues. Substance abuse. All these, basically everything from incarceration all the way up to, you know, severe mental health issues, all the data basically says, like, you're more likely to struggle in these areas. Yes. And so that's what we kind of feel like for a lot of people. It's it's like they were given a playbook, but with nothing but plays that don't work. Yeah. And yeah. so then they start running wow. these plays as an adult, and it's like, this isn't working. And so they have to figure out, and we have to figure out, how do we write a totally new playbook? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think community is so important, because you're able to look at somebody and be like, hey, what play do you run when your marriage is in trouble? What play yeah. do you run when your go-to is to go drink? And that's what my family's always done to deal with our pain. Like what, you know, and I think that was the cool part for us is because of us being civilians, we had a different set of playbook because we have a different set of challenges. And then they had their own place where they were trying to teach me to, you know, be a man, learn to ride motorcycles and do stuff. And all that did not take, but the other stuff. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of a guy named Brandon who his father died by suicide when he was five and his uncle stepped in and was basically like, you're the man in this house. I don't want to see you cry. And so that was like the, those are the words that sort of define the rest of his life. He goes into the military and he's got a chip on his shoulder and anger is what drives him. And then he loses a few of his close comrades and comes back and he's wounded. And this guy just, he was one of my patients. He just, he was angry and he used sarcasm and just harsh words just everywhere he went. But we, we invited him to reboot, and I think because he had seen that I cared enough to, like, listen and spend yeah, time with him, yeah. he showed up, which was shocking, and 
we just saw over the next 12 weeks this crazy transformation of like softening and beginning to let other people in. I mean, by the end, he was like playing with other people's kids. He brought in a bucket of chicken. He was like, oh. I want to bring in fried chicken. I like fried. He's from North Carolina. He's yeah. super Is that country. how he talks? Does he put yeah. his hands awkwardly <laughs> on his hips like that? But I was going to say that Evan befriended him. It was just this unlikely pairing because yeah. he's so rough around the edges. But like... Evan took him suit shopping. He was getting out. He's like, I yeah, got to get a job. He, yeah. he didn't have a father figure who ever taught him those things. We had him over to her house. I made him hot chocolate with homemade whipped cream. He never had that. Like, yeah. I feel like we were we were giving him things that he had missed out on in his upbringing. And then, like Evan said, he helped us in return. He fixed Evan's car stereo. He helped me through my trauma. I had a miscarriage when Evan was out of town. I had to go mm-hmm. to the hospital. Brandon wow. came to our house, cleaned up the mess that was left, and brought me home from the hospital the wow. next day, stayed with me. Like, in- incredible. So I'm saying all this to say that I think we all bring something to the table, and it's, that Evan said, the connectivity and the relationships that draws people out of the darkness of trauma. Yeah. Hi, friends. Just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Ritual. We can't overlook or ignore the fact that what we eat doesn't always cover everything our bodies need, right? Over 97% of women age 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D, you guys, and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of omega-3s. But don't worry. Ritual's got us. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women that are over 18. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual did not stop there. They invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And they did it. The results, Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. A published clinical study is a big deal and a serious commitment to a first-of-its-kind standard in the industry. And it tells us that we can trust them. Ritual is committed to third-party testing from U.S and the non-GMO project. Traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, always clear communication, no shady stuff. And Ritual just released Symbiotic Plus, a gut health supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic, all in one minty capsule. You know I love a minty aftertaste instead of a vitamin one. Just one delayed release Symbiotic Plus capsule per day supports your gut with all the quality and traceability you'd expect from Ritual. Right now, Ritual is offering my friends 10% off your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash that sounds fun. And I want to tell you about another one of our incredible partners, The Chosen. Y'all know The Chosen. It's a series of shows based on the Gospels, and it's an incredible visual retelling of the stories of Jesus's life. There are already two seasons available. I recommend a binge of those immediately because The Chosen season three is hitting theaters on November 18th. So soon. We have got our tickets here at Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun Network. You need to get yours too. The theme of season three is something we all need this time of year. It's from the scripture in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, which says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Season three picks up right where season two left off, but things are getting a little more heated. We see Jesus deliver the most famous sermon in history and then see the story of what follows, the consequences of living out his teachings. The shiny and the new have worn off. The group of people curious about following Jesus and the group of people who oppose him are both growing. There are new troubles, tensions, and tough questions. But in the midst of all that upheaval, Jesus brings rest. He gives rest. Episodes one and two will begin in theaters starting November 18th. And the episodes will start releasing for free in the Chosen app before Christmas. For more information, visit thechosentickets.com. Again, mark your calendars November 18th and visit thechosentickets.com for all the info. And now back to our conversation with Evan and Jenny. I was in the airport last week and walked by um, five soldiers Mm. who are also flying. They look 11 years Mm. old. Right. Mm. I mean, that's the other thing. As I was like, I understand. Yeah, I understand I'm a pure for real grown up now, but (laughs) I could not believe how young they looked. And I thought I knew y'all were coming and I was like. 
how do you do ministry, healing trauma right. to when 18-year-olds mm, are right. seeing? And that's true for first responders, too. We have a lot of guys going in and women going into the fire department at yeah. 18, 19 right. years old. Right. Is that different? Or do you see a different experience with these people who enlist at 18 than with maybe the people who go to West Point and are 25 or 30 by the time you see them at Fort Campbell? Yeah. I think there's also a difference to, you know, the military today is in a different place than it was in 2010, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we were at war. So the likelihood that you were a 19-year-old being deployed to Afghanistan was really high. Mm-hmm. Now, when we go into active duty bases, we, we see a lot of people without combat patches versus when we, you know, we're uh, on a military base. You get a special patch mm-hmm. once you've yeah, gone. Every, okay, right? okay. So every day we were on a military base. I mean, you never saw anybody without With no a combat, combat patch. patch. And now it's like we go into a base and there's like, Tons of people. Staff without, sergeants without Right, it's very strange. Wow. And so for all the vets who do listen to this, they'll know, like, they'll be like, yeah, that's right, you know. And so I think there's a big separation there because what we're actually seeing is that a lot of the issues that the chaplains and all these people are telling us about now are traumas that have nothing to do with combat. They're, they're traumas that really were brought in with them. Mm-hmm. It was like luggage they brought in. And wow. so it's kind of going along. But then also when we're working with people who are older, yeah, I mean, if you're an officer, maybe it's age, but it's also a little bit, I think, of – Sometimes there was a a different kind of stock of upbringing, right? Because it's a socioeconomic you, difference. Correct. Mm-hmm. So you in had the opportunity yeah. to Resiliency. apply. You probably went to a different kinds of schools. You uh, grew up in a different area. I mean, you know, like yeah. for think, a lot of people to think like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this super elite academic institution because it's like, you know, it helps if you know somebody, if you have sponsors, things of that nature. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. my dad went to the school or yeah. my grandpa. Yeah. And so for a lot of the folks that we've worked with, honestly, West Point wasn't even in the – like it wasn't even because college wasn't in the mix. Got it. You know what I mean? Anyway. Got it. Yeah. Anywhere. Not to say that you can't endure trauma if you have gone that route. Oh, but, they have. Yeah. A lot of officers have too. But we have, there is a difference. I think if you have resources and you have family support, you, you see people handle the trauma differently. Yeah. It's, you've got more safety nets. Yeah. I, I have a couple of good friends who have been in the military and have done very elite undercover things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of them are. Right. But <laughs> I have certainly been the recipient of, oh, this has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. This is, but because they have all this training and all of this, like, um, right. they've taught them how to keep secrets and they've taught them how to deal with their things in a way. Yeah. They just keep it all inside. Yeah. Right. But they haven't been in the military. Unless, oh, I, I still have some belief they might still be doing things, but <laughs> they haven't been in the military in years and right. years. I don't right. think it goes away. It doesn't go away, <laughs> no. right? right? Because they still saw all that trauma and experienced all these things and had to make all these choices right. and they're that wired civilians don't make. To manage that differently than we yes. are. Yes. Because they have to, because you can't fall apart in the middle of a mission. Right. You have to compartmentalize. So for our friends listening whose family members have come home or who are out of the military or who are married to retired policemen mm-hmm. or retired firefighters or EMTs, how do we deal with living yeah. life with the people who are have trauma that we don't know about? Yeah, I would say um, – so one of the most common conversations I have is uh, people will say, well – so in all of our reboot courses, whether it's you know our military, first responder, or anything, it's like – People always say, well, how does that work? Because, you know, the first responder, the veteran, they're not going to want to open up in front of their spouse. They're only going to want to talk about what they've experienced with people who have lived. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to shield people from yeah. seeing the things that they've seen. Right. And, and I get that. They don't want to re-traumatize or like give someone else sure. something they're trying to. Yeah. But I think what's interesting is scripturally we talk about, you know, when people are married, especially the two become one flesh. Mm-hmm. So instantly we have to assume, okay, the trauma is already contag- contagious. Oh, like it's already wow. spreading. Yeah. But we think we're protecting them, but really yeah. it's coming out in, in other, ways. other ways. It's coming out yeah. through guilt. It's coming out through aggression. It's coming out through unforgiveness and bitterness. It's coming out through being Silence. sort of invulnerable. <laughs> and ir- ir- Unvulnerable? De-vulnerable. <laughs> um, <laughs> all those vulnerable words. Non-vulnerable. Um, De-vulnerable. I'm non, sure that's yeah, it. Un, un-vulnerable. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I think for us, that's the thing. Is So it, it leads with that. And so if you're a spouse, if you're a caregiver, if you're a girlfriend, boyfriend, I would say a couple things. One is lead with vulnerability and curiosity to say like, help me understand, like help me understand. I want to understand. And then no matter what they tell you, unfortunately you're going to have to keep a stiff upper lip and not act shocked and surprised because Mm -hmm. if you act shocked or overwhelmed by it, they're they're going to say, they're going to say, I didn't even tell you something that was like heavy. I started with like, 
you know, yeah. I started with like an appetizer. Yeah. There's no way you can handle the main thing. That's so hard though, because it's shocking. It is. Yeah. And so it's hard to go like, how do I, but, how do I contain uh, my response? It is, but I think in the world, people ask all the time, Evan, you know, how has reboot changed you? And it's it's one that's changed me in valuing community more than I ever have, realizing you can make it through hell on earth if you've got the right people around you. Wow. But number two is it's taught me also to never underestimate the depravity of what man can do to mankind. And I think even in our, like our trauma reboot, which is trauma healing for anybody, every group, there's like, I think I've heard the worst. And there's this mm, new yeah. story that somebody tells me. And I sit and I think like, who invents this way of doing doing evil? Like, wow. who's the one that says, you know what? I've never heard of someone doing this terrible thing to somebody. I'm going to be the one that does yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, that's the part that probably for us, we have to guard our hearts because it's just so much darkness and there's so much, there is so much evil in the world. And I, and I think that um, more and more people, unfortunately, are encountering it directly. But we yeah. have to right. expose it to the light. Yeah. If we allow it to stay in darkness, it just grows. That's yes. right. Like and, mold. And so, yes. yeah, and I was going to add on just one thing that is unique about the courses that we developed. And again, it's a 12-week course happens in the evenings on one night a week, kind of like a small group, yeah. but we don't call it a small group because yeah. some people don't have that frame of reference. We include the family. So the spouses who are there are hearing maybe not their loved one share, but somebody else's loved one share. And wow. it gives them insight yeah. to better understand their own partner. And that yes. goes both ways. So maybe the person who's experienced trauma hears from another spouse that gives them yes. in- insight reciprocally towards theirs. Yeah. So it's, it raises eyebrows because a lot of programs, especially military, separate them out because they're like, well, they can't understand. Mm-hmm. As Evan said, we realize that it's it's one they're one body and we've got to address it all in in this kind of open space, yes. in this open, safe space. Yes. And that carries on when you go home. Yeah, um, It kind of creates a framework and it, it makes it okay to take some of those mm-hmm. topics off the shelf and engage them. And it has to happen. Yeah. Is there a... Is there an uptick in the needs of our first responders? That would be my assumption. That's why I'm asking like that. That would be my, yeah, yeah, COVID and how the changing perception of policemen across our country. I I mean, like some undeserved, some deserved, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Of course. But has that made first responders in more need of help than maybe 10 years ago? Yes. But I would also, People in general, I think, when it comes to Humans, trauma, have more sure. human beings. Yes. And so, yes, I think when you look at suicide data, unfortunately, I mean, you know, our vision is to mobilize the largest faith-based response to trauma and suicide ever. And so we track these data points and you look at, I mean, $180 billion spent last year to prevent veteran suicide and mental health issues. And like it still was a record year. Like oh, it still climbed. Wow. Right. And so um, and the same thing we see, you know, I was just in San Antonio and we were at the event. And with Brandon Lake. With Brandon Lake. We're going to talk right? about it. Yep. And we were there and this group of three dudes come up to the table and all of them are like, they're looking at the back of the book, but I noticed they're shaking. Mm-hmm. And I've I've learned that you know. sign. So I walk around the table to them and I'm like, hey guys, can I help you? And they're like, yeah, what's this about? And so I start to describe it and it turns out, so in San Antonio, where we have lots of groups starting, which is cool, there's been seven officers take their life in the last nine months. Police officers, Police not military officers. officers. Correct. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yep. And oh my gosh. And, and they were burying one of them mm. on Wednesday of oh this week gosh. tomorrow. And and they all just broke down and cried. And, and I started to just pray with them and hear their stories. And all of them, I could just see that look of hopelessness and despair of like, we've done everything we know to do. And people are still taking their life this way. Yes. And yeah, and I think the need, but also I think when we talk about suicide specifically, which I know is a really heavy topic for it, that sounds fun. No, no, podcast. no, that, that's <laughs> um, we want to do this. But I just think that it's it. There's so much data that shows that it is contagious. That when when one happens, there's a rash of them usually. Oh and wow! And so um, I think that's what we're seeing more than anything. And we have all this money and funding going to suicide awareness, but we have found that like awareness is not the issue, connectedness is. And oh. so we're raising more awareness about suicide, but like that's not always mathematically actually proving to work that well. And so I think we're trying to approach it from a different stance. And um, it does feel bigger than us a lot of times, quite honestly. Like it's sort of, especially we get a lot of criticism, like who are you to tell us you've never walked a mile in our boots kind of thing. Like we hear that everywhere I go, literally everywhere I go, especially me as the guy, probably more so than, than her. And I feel like I always am quick to say like, great. Like if you want to join us, if you want to take over leading like, Here's my chair. Yeah. Like, go for it. Yeah. Like, it's not that easy, and it's 
doesn't pay that much, and it's really not that fun because you get to be in everybody's worst part of their lives all yeah. the time. Like yeah. whatever their worst day is, that's what they talk to you about all the yes. time. Yes. And so um, I think for us, just that growing need, it feels overwhelming at times, and that's why I feel like it's so important that we've decentralized it and said, like, we're all going to share the burden yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And so if people are listening, that's what I would just encourage them to do is find out, like, how can you – be responsible this year for that one person and say like, yeah. I know this person is struggling. I'm going to invest deeply in this one person because yes. you could probably yes. stop it. Mm. Jenny, besides the book, Healing What's Hidden, which I loved, I think that is, I mean, I think it is great for the audience and the people that you serve directly, but for any of us. I mean, yeah. I think this is one of those trauma books. I think everybody, it's very digestible and very readable. Y'all did a beautiful job Thank on it. You. So people can read through that and also find y'all through that. How else do people get connected with Reboot? Rebootrecovery.com. And Evan was just alluding to this fact. We are a decentralized model. So we started this group thing and we saw these incredible results. It was meeting in our living room. Eventually we moved it on post in the military sector. But we've spread because we recognize there are other people who feel passionate about helping their friends and loved ones and neighbors to heal and are willing to get some basic life support training. That's yeah. what what we have called people to do. So we have groups. Now we've grown from one to now, I don't know, 350 in the United States. We want to we want to make this available in every small town yeah. and big city. So if you go to our website, you can see a tab that's lead and you can look at what is involved with that process. You don't have to have a degree in counseling or be a pastor. We really believe everyday people have what it takes yes. to respond. Yes. Um, but also join. There's a tab. So if you feel like you need this material, we like I said, we have those courses. We also have a growing um, catalog of virtual courses over Zoom. Oh wow! And so in every time zone, where that's our goal is to always have wow. courses every few weeks available in every time zone for people to plug into. That's awesome. So please check out the website. We also are on social media. <laughs> and Not you can find you can find lot. at Evan and Jenny's thing, and we have like uh, bo- both of our followers. followers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, our parents are on there. We're not really we're we're not really great at we're social not really media, great. but. But at Reboot yeah. Recovery um, for Instagram yeah. and Facebook. That's great. Yeah. But also, Evan, you're yeah. out on the road with Brandon Lake. Yeah, which Our is dude, which we is love the him. weirdest, which is the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's it's like a it's like an alternate reality yes. for me of like, oh, I'm on this tour bus and there's these famous people. Like last night, like I'm sitting around, like Chandler Moore just comes and sits down, yeah. or Kirk Franklin, and like I'm just like I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna be super, super cool. So I'm over there like. Are y'all one bus tour? No. No, two. Yeah. But it's like I'm awkwardly like I look like you know ever seen Donald Trump like drink his water with two hands? Have you seen those? Like I'm like look look cool. Try to look cool, you know, the whole time. And um, and then I don't say anything. Did you just get home this morning? Uh, last yesterday. yesterday. Oh, the days yeah. are all blurring together. Oh, though. it gets weird, doesn't it? <laughs> it Touring does. is kind of an alternate reality it can't for a be minute. Sustainable for people like people who do it for like three months in the end. I'm like. Yeah, and you're about to you, have a third wing of your I trauma. Feel, I feel my age. Yeah, like on my bus, it's a lot of like twenty year olds, and we're out with this amazing author, uh, uh, artist, artist named Blessing Offer. Anyway, and like they're all young, and I'm yeah. like forty, and like I'm like I'm going to bed, y'all. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I'm like I don't know how you guys do this. It's like two o'clock. They wake up at like six in the morning, yep. seven, and I'm like. That is not enough. That is not enough. I need more. Like, I, like, yeah. snuck away for some naps. They will, yes. Like, they're, like, rock yes. star in it, and I'm like, I'm going to go take a nap. I mean, y'all are also at the start of the tour. Oh, so man, that I is not adjusted. Uh, so are you doing a presentation? Like, are you getting up in the middle of the show? Yeah, so World Vision does the big pitch in the yeah, middle. Yeah, um, But we do get up before the show, actually. And oh, we talk cool. about it, and we get to um, invite people to come in. We're actually giving out literally thousands of copies of the book. And, Y'all are just giving your book away? Yeah, and you know what we compare it to? So I grew up in the hood, and so in Cincinnati, inner city, since I went to inner city high school, and so I remember these dudes who would, like, have these mixtapes. Yeah. And they would, like, give out their mixtapes, and then they hoped that if people liked the mixtapes, they'd tell people about it, and then yeah. they would, you know, buy, buy the, the album, album or yeah. come to the show. And I realized that the book really is, like, a mixtape of our greatest hits from all three of our courses put into yeah. a book. And yeah. so I was like, let's just seed the market as much as we can. Let's try to make it as available as we can, kind of trusting that, like, I know it helps. Yeah. So if we can get it in the hands of people, then they'll join. And it's it's pretty remarkable. I think we've had, had a like, big response. almost 500 people say they <gasps> want to join courses already. Oh, my gosh. And six shows. Yeah. yeah. Like, 100 people a night. And I think, like, 70 or 80 people said they want to start locations. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, for us, I really view it as a 12-month. This is unusual for touring. Usually the way it works in touring is like you want instant ROI. Yeah. But for us, we're actually looking at it as a 12-month ROI because chances are in 12 months, you or someone you love will have a worst day of their life. 
Mm-hmm. And when that happens, we want you to be like, who was that group that we were at that concert? What was that thing? Yeah. And we want them to call us. And yeah. so that's kind of, we're just going to be there and be like, you need us yet? Nope. Yeah. Okay. How about now? So you, you just know. stand at the table and people walk up and you can see in their faces. Yeah. And it's intense. I bet they do the slow walk by and then come back by. Yeah. And yeah. And it's it's really intense. I've had a lot of fathers actually. Yeah. Um, I'll get emotional talking about it. Anyway, I've had a lot of fathers come who are like, my daughter's been raped or my kids are going through this and like, what can I do? Yeah. And it's hard because there's like, I mean, no joke, like at times there's been two and 300 people in line, like waiting to get these resources. And you're the guy at the table. And there's like, well, and oh. I have volunteers. And so there's a group of us, but it's this tense moment of like, I can't give you a soundbite that's going to save your daughter's life mm-hmm. right now, yes. you know, but I want to invest yes. in this and, and I want to follow up with everyone individually, but that's not always possible, obviously. Yeah. And so it has been overwhelming. It's been exhausting and a learning experience for me. And it's a whole world that I never thought yeah. I would be doing. So we're just trying to be faithful with it. And and yeah, people look at me like I'm crazy when I'm giving away books and I get that that's crazy. But I also kind of feel like we were at a point in our organization where it's like, we have to do something to like kind of start reversing things. You know, mm-hmm. something has to be done more than just say like, have you talked to somebody about this? Because yeah. like the person they're talking to is... Is the somebody. Yeah. That yeah, that's yeah. The, Don't outsource it. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. It's yeah. you. That's yeah. it, right? Yeah. There's no referral system. I mean, I think that's a little bit one of the reasons I'm I'm excited for friends to read Healing What's Hidden because it also helps me have language for things I'm hearing. For Like, I took pictures that to send today to someone who's going through a breakup mm-hmm. yeah. of your drawing of yeah. the, the grief. The grief cycle. The grief cycle that's, like, not And I as actually predictable. personally drew that. I well just done. Like my art your right art, there. yeah. Yeah, um, it's squ- squiggly I'll lines I'll post it everywhere. today so everybody can see your <laughs> intense art. But, yeah, I sent that to someone who's going through a breakup because yeah. I was like, man, that is how it feels. That is how it feels. Yeah. The, the grief cycle is, like... I appreciate the people who created it, and also it has led us astray. Oh, <laughs> yes, <my gosh>. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm mad. Good, I'm almost finished. Right. And the same thing's true <laughs> with with any type of counseling. I think we go into it like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to get an appointment, and we're going to have these eight sessions. And at the end, I'm going to feel yeah. this instant like aha moment. And like, I love our counselors, but like, they're also not miracle workers. Like, right. you and know, they can't I mean, see everyone forever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, at some and point. Also, the demand is they can't be your best friend. Surpassed. The supply, and I think it's just right. I said. I said earlier, it's not awareness; it's more connectedness. Like we've gotten to a crazy place in culture. Sorry, this would be a little preachy, but no, like, I'm into it. Where, like, if someone comes to me, my natural inclination probably is you should go speak to somebody, which is really a nonverbal way of saying like I'm a little too busy to get into all of the weeds of your problems. Mm. Go pay somebody to be your best friend. Mm. Like, go and pay someone to listen to your problems because I'm a little busy. And we even do that with prayer time. Like, people come forward after prayer, and it's like we listen for a couple seconds, and we're like, can I pray for you? Which is really like our exit strategy for a difficult conversation. So it's like, in Jesus' name, and that's your signal that I'm done hearing your problems. And then we don't really invest in each other that way. And we go back even 30, 40 years ago, and it was different. People sat in porches, and most counseling was done by friends and family, and most trauma was done by friends and family too, by the way. But the point is, I just think we need to get back to that, and that's what we're trying to do in our group. And I love what you said about the it gives you language. That was our hope was that it would help the person you might give the book to, but also you if you read a copy. Yeah. And Evan always says that so often we we see a person who's drowning and we throw them a book that's how to swim, yeah. learn how to swim yeah. in five easy, yeah. easy steps. But this book is about getting down in the deep end with them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. empowering you to know that you don't have to have all the answers, but you just have to show up and, yes. like I said, listen with love Curiosity. and stick around for the answers to your questions yeah. and follow up and be authentic yourself. Yes. Set the tone of vulnerability as as we try to do in our courses. So yes. and don't be weird. Yeah, don't be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that's the one thing. I it goes so many like inner healing things and like the Holy Spirit's not weird, but sometimes weird people are weird. Yes. And especially if you have trauma, like our some of the prayer mm-hmm. team people at one of these events, there was a bunch of a friend of mine was a vet, and like these prayer team people come up and like they start being, you know, the three, two, one snap healer yeah, kind of people, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's like, it's great, but it's like, he finally had to stop the mid prayer and he's like, you're making me really uncomfortable right yeah. now. And I was like, that's not a witness. So like, don't be weird. If, yeah. you're around, if you want to reach people who be have sensitive. trauma and mental health, yeah. be emotionally intelligent Yeah, like, and yeah. realize I'm making you uncomfortable. And if you're talking and you never realize you're making someone uncomfortable, you're probably not a socially intelligent person. Yeah. <laughs> like, like back off, give people space, right, you know? Right. And all the time people come to our groups and like, I went to church and I went for, for prayer and people started yelling at me and, yeah. you know, snapping and doing all this yeah. crazy stuff. It's like there's a time and a place for that for sure, but like not when a person's like, yeah, you just know, taking a really yeah. big first step. Especially if you yeah. want to reach combat veterans, the fastest way to get them to go away is 
get touch in their them grill. and get in their corner. Yeah. And or and and push them into a corner. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the fastest way that it's gonna end bad. For I mean, them. but Evan, I'll tell you, you're giving us a little bit of a catch twenty two because you're like, be the solution, but don't be weird. I know. But people don't know if they're weird. weird. I know. I That's know. the problem. But That's I'm, why you got to be in a group. So then you're telling us, well, then we got to push them off. Well, then right. don't send them to somebody else, but don't be weird if you tell I think them to stay. I think if you lead with curiosity and grace and questions okay. versus versus advice and yeah. and even maybe not even leading with prayer necessarily, which is I think yeah. our go-to, but I think if you just lead with questions, and I always give people advice to ask five questions before you share any truth or advice. Wow. So when you're talking to somebody, like lead with five questions, because I mean, you've never felt judged when somebody led with grace and questions. Yes. Ever. But if somebody leads with advice, a lot of times you end up feeling condemned yeah. or judged. Yeah. And so if you lead with grace and curiosity and questions, usually you don't have to carry the conversation. They yeah. will. Yeah. And so that's what I do. I just ask three to five questions. Before I say anything, yeah. and then I never try to personally relate. I just usually say like, "I'm really, really sorry." Yeah. And I start there, yeah. you know, and um, that's usually when they are like, "Thank you." Nobody's said that, you yeah. know. I don't know. But just don't be weird. There's weird. Pe- I'm weird too, though. So I don't know. <laughs> There's probably somebody listening who's like, "Evan's telling people not to be weird," <laughs> you know. Hey, friends, just taking a little bit of a turn from this important convo to tell you about another one of our amazing partners, Third Love. Here is a thing that should be addressed. Are you ready? Some of the prettiest bras are the opposite of comfortable. Am I right? And the super comfortable ones have no personality. You shouldn't have to choose between the two, you guys. Well, Third Love says there is a third way. They have spent years researching and designing the perfect bras that feel just as good as they look. And they're created by women for women. I love that. Their t-shirt bras are the absolute best. My favorite bras, technically. And the fitting room quiz makes it so easy to get the sizing just right. We love a quiz. With their data-driven approach to sizing, Third Love found that 50% of women are in between sizes. So they invented half cups and carry more than 60 sizes from A to H. And with tagless labels, slip-free straps, and fabrics that feel so luxurious, they've upped the game in all the ways. Co-founders Heidi and Rael are both moms, so Third Love has bras for every stage of life, including nursing. Break the bad bra cycle with Third Love and join their club of more than 10 million happy customers, including a lot of your friends at Downs Books. Take the fitting room quiz and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash soundsfun. That's 20% off when you shop now at thirdlove.com slash soundsfun. Well, as long as we're talking about getting dressed, I want to tell you about another one of our incredible partners, Stitch Fix. You know what we say around here. All you need is a village and a ring light to be who you want to be. I stand by it. And when you find yourself looking at your closet but still feeling like you have nothing to wear, you need to add Stitch Fix to your village. Stitch Fix is the best way to discover new styles and brands just for you. Think of Stitch Fix as your style partner. Your stylist will learn about your taste and collaborate with you on looks you'll love. All you have to do is answer a few questions. We love a quiz. And there are questions about where you typically like to shop and what you like to wear and your price range. With your choices in mind and a wide range of sizes available from extra small to 3XL, they'll find your perfect fit. They've got you covered with over a thousand brands and styles. Try your pieces at home before you buy them. Just keep what you love, send back the rest, plus shipping, returns, and exchanges are always free. There's no subscription required. Simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular seasonal fixes. You are the boss. I love how personalized Stitch Fix is. They just get me, you know? So right now, Stitch Fix is offering my friends $20 off their first fix at stitchfix.com slash that sounds fun. That's stitchfix.com slash that sounds fun for $20 off today. Stitchfix.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish up our conversation with Evan and Jenny Owens. Denny, we just in October had Dr. Diane Laneberg on, who specializes in trauma. Mm-hmm. We also had Richard Foster on, and oh they're all saying the same thing. They're really? all talking about humility. Oh, okay. And y'all write it, and you're, that's what you're saying, Evan. And yep. so maybe I'm a little embarrassed that for some reason the Lord has a theme around my life of like get humble. So, okay. <laughs> um, but it's also, I mean, it just keeps happening on shows of people going like, the actual answer to this is humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you write about that. Yeah. Y'all write about humility and trauma and how much humility matters. So yeah. will you kind of talk for a minute as we finish up, like why is humility important in our own trauma, but also when we're living surrounded by humans who are traumatized? Capital T, lowercase t, however you want to describe your trauma. Well, we talk about this in the book. You, you've got to 
lower your barricades. I and mean, I think trauma, it breaks your trust in other people. It breaks mm. down your trust in God. It even breaks down your trust in your confidence in yourself. Yes. And right. so we put up yeah, these walls, good. these protective barriers, um, and maybe that shields us from further trauma, but it really traps our true selves inside. Yeah. And and so how do we access and heal those wounds if we've got all these layers to protect them? And so we really realize that in order for you to seek and receive the healing, it's kind of like going to the doctor and, and you have this wound, but you're going to be like, I'm going to tell you how to handle this. I'm going to tell you the circumstances under which I want you to to heal this. And I'm going to explain it all to you. Like, you don't trust that the physician knows more than you do. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we don't mean to, but we, yeah. we, we only want healing on our terms. Yeah. But with with this, with trauma, we've got to lay, lay it down, allow others in, allow the healer to have access to those places. Yeah. And... Um, that's the only way that the healing is going to begin. Yeah, and I'll just say to the veterans who are listening, I just had this conversation. I mean, so 0.04% of eligible population went to the war that we just got out of. 0.04% of the population versus World War II, it was like 20%. Oh my gosh. So put that in perspective. Mm. So one out of every five people you were having a beer with went to battle as well. Now, one out of every, like, whatever that math is, thousand or whatever. And so... I think a lot of times vets will say things like only veterans can help veterans. Only veterans can understand. If you live your life that way, that means 99.6% of people in the world are inaccessible are, to your yeah, pain and inaccessible. Yeah. What a, what an isolating way to live mm-hmm. and what a limiting way to live. Yeah. And so what I always say is you're right. They didn't do what you did. Like, thank you for that. But also realize that like we can build fences, not walls. We can let some things through and yeah. still keep, you know, have those slats um, for stuff to get in and out. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing. So good yeah. answer. Jenny, that was a really good answer. Okay. By the way. And you also asked about hum- oh, humility as a helper. Yeah. I think that we were pretty, we're pretty, we had to be humble because like we didn't have the qualifications that yeah. people were expecting of us. But I think that's okay. I, I just want to encourage people to just be your authentic self and, and maybe open up by saying like, I may not have all the answers for us today and that's okay. Mm. Um, or I don't understand, but I want to. Yeah, I don't understand, mm. but I want to. I mean, I like I said, you set the tone for the vulnerability and the healing and the conversation. If you're willing to not put on airs and not try to you know, prescribe something, but just to be, as I've said so many times, to be present and and to have that that gracious, right. that's right, curious yeah. heart, loving yeah. heart. Yeah, and that's true for our first responders and people who are Same. living in, you know, yeah. when you're sitting with a policeman or an EMT or fireman or anybody who serves us like that. Mm. Yeah. Five questions. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start with five questions before you give any advice. That is that's such a good tool. And usually like you won't even have tactical. to give advice because it's like they're going to talk. And it's, yeah, for and they like say, an hour. I feel right. so much better. Yeah, <laughs> they like, do. It's like, food poi- yeah. well, it's like food poisoning. It's like yeah. if you throw up afterwards, you're like, yeah. oh, I feel so much better. Yes. It's amazing. Yes, you know? just get it out. And so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so for our friends who are going to go look up the Reboot courses and RebootRecovery.com today. So what are the courses like? Yeah, there's three courses, one for veterans and families, one for first responders and families, and one for anybody who's gone through trauma. Okay. And so uh, they're 12 weeks long, meet one night per week. You can go online, go to the join, click that, find a location near you. And then there's typically, uh, uh, they're about two hours per night, sometimes a little bit shorter, depending if they do a meal or not. But many of them provide meals and childcare yeah. to remove barriers to entry. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and each week tackles a different topic of the way trauma wounds us. We talk about the root wounds that usually feed the symptoms. And so we talk about, a lot of times people, we want the relief of the symptom. We want less anxiety, less depression, less whatever. But a lot of times we have found that like, Unresolved grief is what leads to depression. Unre- yeah. you know what I mean? And so there's this not a one to one guilt, shame, but, and regret leads right. to anger. And so each week yeah. we tackle a different wound of, of trauma. And so yeah, wow. go check it out. That's great. And people should grab copies of what's healing, what's hidden. That's, that would be amazing. That is going to be. It's such a helpful. It's a good book. starting point. It's a good starting point. That's right. Okay. Well, the last question we always ask you guys. Um, you both get to answer uh, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. I've got a new answer that I just okay. thought of. Oh, well, great. Okay. I thought about this. I had this opportunity in the last year to revive something that I had sort of thought was dead in my yes. life, which was musical theater. What? Um, you yeah, brought it back into I your life? Did. How? After 20 years, well, I have this amazingly talented nine-year-old son, and he wanted to get into musical theater. And yes. so I found a community production up in Springfield that had a great role for him. And I auditioned, too, just because I thought, wouldn't it be oh, fun to share that experience Jenny. with him? So we both were in the Secret Garden musical, oh. and I can tell you that I haven't had so much fun 
since before I had kids. Just pure unadulterated bliss of being with creative people, of putting on this amazing production, and doing it with my son. So it was awesome. How many kids do y'all have? We have three boys. Okay. Nine and a half. Nine, six, and he'll be four tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Nine, six, and four. That is a house. It's real crazy. That is is fun. (laughs) I think dudes are fun. That's really fun. Yeah. Um, What about you, Evan? What sounds fun to you? You had a brand new answer. My favorite thing to do in the world is eat good food. Okay. And I don't know what time it is. It's always lunchtime Uh in my mind. Uh It's always. And so all I want is fruit tea. (gasps) Where are you going to go? Calypso. Calypso Cafe. Fascinating take. Like, that's the best fruit tea in Nashville. Green Hills Grill would be my second. I think what do they you have think it is? Tea. Now wow. let's, let's just I'm curious. not talk about trauma. Let's talk about only fruit tea. Yeah, <laughs> we should have started this eight yes, minutes ago. We should have. Well, I would say first best fruit. Well, let me just for our friends listening who have never been to Nashville or do not know fruit tea, it is regular brewed tea <laughs> with juice in it uh-huh. and a bunch of sugar. Lots well, of possibly. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet tea with fruit juice in it. With yeah. fruit juice in it. I would say Bread and Co was was far I and above. Would. It had the mint in it. Yes. That Made it a little but now they're different. close. So R.I.P. Bread and Co. Fruit <laughs> R. I. Tea. <laughs> I mean, my next favorite is Baja Burrito. Okay, oh, yeah. I like Baja. That's dope. I could go down yeah. with Baja. I too. love that. Yeah, yeah. You know, my it's kid right loves Calypso, and my kid so. loves horchata. Oh right. uh, yeah, they, and I'm like, you know, Jamie that works here, she loves that horchata, man. Yeah. That stuff. But is no, gross. I would agree, Baja. If I had to choose. Really, I would only eat on Thompson Lane. That's right. That's right. There's one road that you can get it all knocked out. There's a Krispy Kreme. There's Vui's Kitchen, so you can get you're right Vietnamese. There, you're right there. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. And you're not far from Funky Griddle. You can make your own pancakes. Pancakes in the morning. So are y'all going to eat Calypso today? Is that your like meal in oh, Nashville? Probably. Jenny, would you like to go on a lunch date with me to Calypso? Oh, I will never say no to that. <laughs> what do you have at Calypso? What do you eat? Ooh, either the black bean salad with white meat chicken. Black bean salad with white meat chicken. (laughs) That is it. That is the one. Or the chicken breast sandwich uh, with sweet potatoes inside. Yeah. She makes fun of me. Every time I order, does anybody else do this? Like, you you mimic with your hands what it is you're ordering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. like, could I get like a little little cup of something? <laughs> or I'll be like, I'll I'll be like could I get a could I get a glass of water? As if like they're gonna bring me a glass of water. Yeah, that's right. And so it's this constant thing. So I always say, like, could I get a little more sauce? Could yeah, I get a little so more and sauce? you show them the cup. Yeah. Um what are you gonna get at Clipso? Nachos. Black bean nachos. Okay. Because here's the thing. With I'm white meat a, chicken though? Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. Course. Sure. Yeah, of course. You got to pay the extra two dollars for that. Yeah, that is worth it. Though that is worth it. No doubt. I don't want that I, there stuff. was at one point. This is never. It's going to make the podcast. Um, oh, for sure. It the is. one that was in East Nashville. Yeah. My office for years and years and years was right across the bridge in yeah. Jefferson Street. And I went so often that eventually Rebecca, who ran it, stopped charging me, and I just had a tab. Oh my gosh! And so she would just bill me at the end of every yeah, month, and yeah. I would just even up at yep. the end of the month. It was like yep. the cafeteria for his and, office. And yes. that so year, I looked at total expenses because oh I was on a health kick. And Calypso, you can eat healthy, and that I haven't been on a health kick since then because <laughs> it was too expensive. Probably. <laughs> no, and I'm just super lazy. Um, but all that being said, is um, I looked at it and. I asked her what number customer I was uh-huh. in terms of total revenue. Yeah. And she says, she's like, oh, you're number one by like $10,000. <laughs> no. And That's because it scary. wasn't just not, it wasn't just my bill. It was the company bill yes, too. And we certainly. would take every, everybody who Clients wanted to meet there. always was like, let's go to Germantown Cafe. I'm like, I'm not eating. No. Or Manel's. Like, I'm not going to eat fried chicken. Fried chicken to, every like, day. No. I I'll be bigger than I am. <laughs> and so we always went there. So anyway, it, and when she told me we were like 10,000 more than the next closest, I was wow. like, okay, that's a lot of black bean salad. <laughs> that's a lot I'm of like, black bean salad. That's a lot of on addiction. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, next year I'm going to have to cut back. You know, yeah. like we're going to have to. COVID yeah. cut it back for us. There's yeah. only one Calypso now. It's so sad. I know. I used to love the one also it's that the was by world. Vandy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that, that one by Vandy yeah. was really good. That's where we built our relationship really... back oh. when we were in Belmont. We would just go there. We gave it. We saw Keith Urban there once. I think. Oh. Yeah, we did. I think for us, we did sit next to Keith, Keith Urban, Urban. Mm-hmm. and he ordered. I was kidding. I don't I don't know. Know. He, he also ordered. got a black bean salad. He probably chicken. did. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I like Baja. So Calypso. that's what you would do for fun is just eat Calypso. Yeah. Like you're going to go you're gonna realize get to do your that. dream And I will today. say, right. I, I did music in school, went to Belmont, all mu- and moving out of Nashville, moving to all military folks and having them be my friends, I really feel like a part of me I'd really not connected with in a long time, which was like, I love listening to music that I've never heard before yeah. and just talking about it awkwardly yeah. for like 45 yeah. minutes. Like, and did you hear that? And now you get to do that every night on the bus. Yes, chord. and yes. there's a couple guys on the bus that like, 
it rekindled something. And I actually texted them last night and I said, guys, I just want you to know you were such a gift to me and that you reminded me of a part of myself that I haven't thought about in 20 yeah, years. Yeah. I'm hoping one of my kids gets into it so I can do that with them. That would be super, yeah, super fun. Yeah. So, yeah. But first Calypso. Always. I, can I just say, have y'all that, had Lady Bird Taco yet? You know mm-hmm. what? It's so funny. It's like the one spot I haven't been to that everybody tells me. I yes. To. Yeah. So, I mean, even just maybe on your way home, if you okay. just, after you eat, cl- eat your normal lunch. <laughs> get like get some And then just get like a taco. Okay. And it, it, they're, taco. Yeah, they're not very big. They're smaller <laughs> than your paw. And so if you just get one to try, just so you can say, I had Lady Bird. Never have I ever eaten one taco. I know. Well, I mean, you're going to eat lunch <laughs> and then you're going to. Like a dessert sample. taco. It's a dessert taco with meat in it. Yeah. A meat, Lady, yeah. A meat pocket. A meat dessert, a meat dessert taco. taco. That's what you need to have today. Just just if you, because it's the same neighborhood ish, right? It is. Where is it? It's on um, 10th. I it, it right was in by Twistwood. No, uh, uh, uh. this it's is on trouble. 10th. All right. I know. So you're you're actually probably equal sequel getting to Calypso from here and getting to Lady Bird from here. Hmm. But they do not have fruit tea yet. You know I what? They, they should. Put I, know. I, feel like I'm gonna put I don't understand a... why any restaurant doesn't have fruit tea. Thank I feel you. like all restaurants should have fruit tea. I know. They really should have it. They also took away my favorite taco last week, and I really laid into them in DMs. And I, I like said, how, what I like are how, you doing? And I think it's funny to do that on the air with the platform and be like, and everyone, stop going until yeah. they bring it back. We're yeah. going to do a boy, like a like a political boycott. Oh, here's what they just said. They said, number six, my, number six is my favorite. Now it's Amiga's taco, which is delicious. But they're like, oh, it, number six is now just number 11 without Pico. I'm like, no, I don't want to say number 11 without Mm-mm. Pico. I want, I want my number, number six. six. Mm. I always tell people number one and number six in the case in the case of that's, you, that's the business. I have a question. Who do they think they are? Who, I have a question. This is my question. Who do you think you are, Lady Bird, <laughs> going after question. my one, yeah. my number two favorite taco? Get out uh, of here. Yeah. Have you been in Nashville a long time? 14 years. I okay. came in 2008. I was thinking another good place. I think it was gone by then was Cooker. It had good fruit tea, but it became I went the jail all time. Okay. Yes. The cooker. It yes. was the cooker. Yes. yes. I went once. And then I switched over mostly to, oh, it was on Granny White right by Lipscomb. Okay. Um, oh. Copper kettle. Copper kettle. Oh, Boom. Wow. That's exactly I right. On well that done. Quick. You knew it. <laughs> yes. That was because I could walk there a strange there for a place. While. It's like, is it like a cafeteria? Is it a restaurant? It's like, yep. It's an RIP now, it's man. All, I know. It's gone. It's super the worst because they had great coconut chicken. What have we done? What show have we created I don't here? Know. We okay. have a Nashville gone food I show. Legit, I'm into it. I would it, legit <laughs> do nothing but a food show every day of my life. You, <laughs> like, he's been to a lot of restaurants in Nashville. Have you listened to our business. snack show yet? You know that ne- That's on Fun Network has one. a snack show. Let me tell you why uh-uh. I haven't. <laughs> it's actually been a strategic dieting decision. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I can't. Yes. I don't no. need to know. Because I feel like once somebody tells me about something, it's all I think about food-wise. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Some people are like, oh, I really like food. I'm like, no. If you're eating yeah. like kale chips every yes. day. You yes. don't, you, we prob- you you're probably not my tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're not honestly, my people. Honestly, you're not my people. And that's yeah. cool. Like, You go do that. Do some hot yoga. Eat some kale chips and have a, a one glass a of red day. wine. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. You're good. But like, I'm going to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm on the Oreo episode of the Snack Pod and I'm like, yeah, see, this is so how I much can't. do I have to try to get yeah. there? And that Ooh. that is already my like, we Oreos are kind of my, my sin spot. And so <laughs> I can't. Hey, if you only got one. That's right. good. <laughs> if you only is got it, one. Is it? On the bus, this dude had Oreos, and he had a cup, like a giant cup, and he would just put them in a cup, uh-huh. crunch them up, and make cereal. And he oh. called it Oreo cereal. Oh, my. And I thought to He's myself- He's 19? 21. Yes, yeah, yeah, certainly. And I thought to myself, if I did that, I would weigh like, like 8,000 pounds. And feel terrible. Yeah, the cavities, <laughs> the sugar. Right. Yeah, but he would but eat when it you're like 21, with a spoon. Like just, live your best and was, life. And, he, and what's funny, he's finished it, and then he went back to the sink- and I saw him get out another. He did it twice. Seconds. And he did it a second. And I thought to myself, like, I remember a time when I would go two bowls of like cinnamon toast crunch in one sitting, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I thought I was like edgy. Like this dude is <laughs> like, like a full sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> yeah, sleeve. he probably sleeved. Yeah, he probably <laughs> he did, sleeved. Full sleeved it. Wow. That should be an expression. Like he went full sleeve. <laughs> hey, he did. Well, now it is because your guy did. Sleeve. You need to tell him. Yeah, he went full sleeve. Um, and his name is Brandon. Like it was actually no, it was not. It was a, no. That's another thing. This dude, Jason, who's on the tour, Jason Roy was like, hey, we're going to go to the gym in the morning. We're going to do a quick Murph in the morning. Oh, boy. To which I was like, no. No. There's nothing quick about a Murph either, right? Those are hard. I'm going to unload 500 books from the truck instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That counts. That's what I did, for real. But it was also just kind of one of those things of like, no one says that. Yeah. (laughs) No one has ever thought like, I'm going to go just, you know, do this super intense workout real quick. Tour bros. NBD. Tour bros do. 
You have a whole new life now that you're and in a torpor life. I, I'm, I'm fine with the fact that I probably won't fit into that part of it. Like I want to. Those sleep. guys full sleeve and they murph. That's who they are all the time. <laughs> that's who they are. Yeah. Maybe that's why they murph. Yeah, because they, they have full to. Sleeve. Maybe they full sleeve because they murph. Maybe yeah, that's, that's what it. it. That's who it is. A new language. Oh, uh, y'all. Um, hey, come back anytime. Thanks okay. for doing this. Thank you so Thank much. You. Uh, I just can't wait for people to get to hear this and read this book so amazing um, well done let's full sleeve and murph our way <laughs> full sleeve. into 2023 <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys don't you love evan and jenny oh my gosh i mean we could have sat here and talked for another two hours i just loved it loved it loved it be sure to pick up a copy of their book healing what's hidden be sure to follow them on social media. Tell them thanks for being on the show. And if this is a show that you think will help someone that you love, please share it. Either put it on your social media and let them click on it themselves or send it in a text like, let's get these kind of helpful shows about trauma and pain and learning and growth, particularly for our first responders and our veterans. Like, Whatever we can do to help them, let's help them. So put this show in front of the people that you love that fit in those categories or just the people that you think might need a little uh, boost today. I hope you're all signed up to join us for our Advent series. Remember, it'll be an episode on the podcast every day, but we've got a lot more for you that you can go learn all about at AnnieFDowns.com slash Advent. Do not miss out on this, you guys. Go check it out. AnnieFDowns.com slash Advent and get in it with us. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is I'm headed out of town with some girlfriends just to hang out. I cannot wait. It's going to be the best. I cannot wait to be with them. So y'all have a great weekend. Thank you again to our first responders and our veterans. We celebrate you today and we are grateful, grateful, grateful for how you spend your days and your life for the safety of others. We're really thankful. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday with one of our favorites, Lisa Turkers. See you guys then.